this episode of Extinction Drivers, I wanted to discuss agriculture. Most people sometimes think about where our food comes from, but it's rare that people have discussions on how exactly our food gets produced. Today, I'll cover some brief causes for concern that are prevalent within the agriculture industry, and I also want to briefly describe how farming is leading a few species towards extinction. For starters, let's talk about the history behind agriculture and how it evolved into what it is today. So, humans have been altering the land and waterscapes for thousands of years. We've accomplished things like changing waterways and systems for irrigation purposes and planting crops, and also moving animals all the way around the world that may be considered invasive or highly aggressive to the areas they're placed in. Also, things like using arsenic and lead to treat pests and insects for crops. But I guess the question is, at what point did agriculture really begin to be an environmental hazard? And it's really kind of pinpointed to the Industrial Revolution when population soared and agriculture industry began taking on new systems that allowed them to produce the most supply in the least amount of time and space. In order to accomplish things like this, they would use toxic chemicals to treat pests and insects, and they also introduced antibiotics and hormones, all of which could contribute to runoff contamination. Collectively, this has all turned the industry into a huge source of biodiversity loss, climate change, and pollution. Agriculture itself is sort of a broad source of concern, and it's connected to many other extinction drivers. There are five specific problems that I wanted to bring up that are caused by agriculture practices. One is deforestation, which gets rid of carbon sequestering trees and brush, and this leads to rising carbon levels in our atmosphere and oceans, and it also decreases available wildlife habitats. Another one is soil degradation, which affects important nutrient cycling and contributes to lower plant quality and plant quantity. This is caused in part by planting too many crops that are not sustainable in relation to the nutrient abundance levels in the soils. Another one is invasive species introductions, which can be relatively aggressive in pushing out local species that they are competing against. This issue reduces native species and biodiversity in certain areas. Another one is toxic chemical controls for pests and insects. These can affect biological processes within many species that they are not intended to target. Also, antibiotics and hormones can contaminate nearby areas and negatively affect ecosystems there as well. Nitrous oxides from some fertilizers also enter the ozone and contribute to its depletion. And finally, we have animal pollutants like waste and methane that contribute to climate change and further contaminate nearby ecosystems. So how does this affect us? Animals and plants provide a lot of ecosystem services for us. They do things like pollinate, prevent erosion, help clean the air. They even provide food and fuel. They also give us natural medicines and they offer recreational services and cultural connections. Of course, there are so many more services that they offer, but all of these processes help humans survive comfortably and keep the land we live on healthy so that we can stay alive for many more generations to come. But agriculture also directly harms our species by contaminating our foods and waters with toxic chemicals and metals. But we're not the only species inhabiting the planet, so how is agriculture currently affecting other species? One example is the salt marsh harvest mouse. This little guy is endemic to the wetlands of central California and is bound to those areas by aggressive species nearby. A couple of little facts are that they have a lifespan of about one to one and a half years, and they are very resourceful. 
They also have elevated kidney functions that allow them to eat and drink very salty foods and water. The IUCN red list status for this species has unfortunately been listed as endangered and decreasing. Nearby subspecies also seem to be on the decline, and the main reason being habitat loss at the hand of urban development and also land conversion to agricultural uses. This species is also facing the harsh effects of climate change, which are contributing to rising sea levels and leading to higher and more frequent levels of floodwaters. Only a few conservation steps have been taken, but the area is both state and federally protected. The next example is the maned three-toed sloth, and it's listed as vulnerable and decreasing on the IUCN red list. This species is endemic to the tropical forests of the Atlantic coast of eastern Brazil. They have a lifespan of about 20 years, most of which they spend sleeping or resting in the dense foliage high above the forest floors. They only have a daily movement distance of 23 to 28 meters a day on average. Predation includes cats and large avian species, but they're very good at camouflaging in the foliage due to their coloration, and they also have adapted sporadic nightly feedings to throw off predators. Habitat loss for this species is partly due to deforestation, livestock farming, and ranching. Specifically, the deforestation that is taking place in these areas is occurring to collect cocoa plants and clear land for pastures and grazing. Forests are also being cleared due to coal production and city sprawl. The lack of trees not only pushes them from their homes, but it also makes them susceptible to predation and takes away vital sources of food. The next example is the rusty patched bumblebee and is listed as critically endangered and decreasing on the IUCN red list. This species is endemic to the forests and grasslands of northeastern U.S. and adjacent areas of Canada. They are facing habitat loss due to agriculture and pesticide use, as well as spillover pathogens from commercial and wild bee populations. They are currently losing vital food sources due to land conversion to non-flowering crops in competition with invasive species at the hand of agricultural implementations. Low floral resources in certain crops and herbicides have also reduced the ability for wildflowers to grow in many areas, further reducing access to food for the bees. Habitat loss has also led to low genetic diversity in these bee populations since they are facing isolation patches of habitat. This loss of diversity is attributed to increased inbreeding and subsequent susceptibility to certain diseases and limiting factors. The amount of pollen available directly contributes to the amount of queen bees that can be produced, so they need lots of floral plants nearby to keep reproducing and creating new hives. Unfortunately, they are facing losses left and right, and therefore are in danger of reaching extinction in the wild. There are also minimal conservation actions ongoing for this species. Now that we've seen what agriculture can do to species and how harmful practices can affect us, I just wanted to discuss a few actions that could be taken by the industry, by ourselves, and by our government to prevent some of the more harmful aspects of farming. Conservation agriculture is a big one and it basically just consists of farming practices that equally or mostly give back to the lands that they are taken from. Some examples include agroforestry, silvopasture, and 
decreasing tilling of the soils. At the individual level, limiting overconsumption in our daily lives and limiting food waste can also help, as well as adopting a more sustainable diet. And finally, public education and government regulations can also help spread awareness and limit the loss of biodiversity and services that are hindered by the agriculture industry.